Well, good evening, LCM. Tonight is December 24th, 2019, and the title of tonight's sermon is Cultivated to Conception. Cultivate me, baby. (laughs) Pastor Eric delivered an incredible message on Sunday, didn't he? It was entitled Noble Occupation. In that message, he revolutionized our understanding of the parable of the four soils. We should all be able to now discern and expect that each of the four soils are found in each of our lives. Amen? It is imperative that we practice continual cultivation. Somebody say that with me. Continual Continual cultivation. cultivation. As a matter of fact, the idea of continual cultivation really could be the title of Pastor Eric's sermon. It's through this constant process that the Word of God is planted into the cultivated soil of your heart and produces lasting fruit on earth. Mm. You know, the difference between conceptional Christianity and a Christianity that actually conceives really is the same as James describes it. One hears the word and doesn't do it, and the other hears and does the word, so he's blessed in everything that he does. Tonight, we actually want to cultivate unto conception, meaning giving birth to something. The Word of God is literally going to birth something on the earth through each one of our families tonight. Cultivation unto conception. Amen. Amen. Let's turn to Genesis 3 to see about a cultivation that produces conception. Not a theoretical Christianity, but one that produces actual life. Genesis chapter 3 and verse 20. Say there when you are there. The word says this, Adam named his wife Eve because she would become the mother of all the living. See, in the most plain reading of the text here tonight seems so obvious because Eve is in the, in fact, the ancestor of all who are alive. But you and I also know that not every person who came from Eve has actually really lived. Man, that's, true. that's a truth. In this sense, yeah. hey, you may not realize it, but Adam is really prophesying over Eve. And what God wants to do through and in their children. This is one of the primary ways that God works in the creation. In that the husbands speak the word of God over their wives. Can I get an amen, husbands? Amen. Then the parents speak the word of God over their children. Can I get an amen, parents? Amen. This process is the cultivation that births the will of God on earth. You know, we serve a God who speaks things. His word literally conceives realities on the earth. But the gestation period, that takes a little longer than we would like. Nine months, you get a baby. Unless you're going to have a baby elephant. (laughs) And then it's 28 months. You can get a rabbit much faster. You can get a wolf faster than that. Gestation periods are different. It depends on what it is that is being birthed. More than that, the gestation period is often more difficult than we would like. There's a reason for this, though. This continual process of cultivating the soil of your heart, it assures that faith is required to birth God's will on earth. As we continue to think through this process, we want to turn to Judges 13. We're going to dig a little deeper into it. We're going to cultivate unto conception. Judges chapter 13. We're going to start in verse 2. Say conception when you get there. Conception. 
Good. Not contraception. Whoa. Conception. <laughs> Judges 13.2 says this. A certain man of Zorah named Manoah from the clan of the Danites had a wife who was sterile and remained childless. The angel of the Lord appeared to her and said, You are sterile and childless. But you're going to conceive and have a son. I, I don't know why that I find this such an interesting verse in the Word. It's nothing like starting out by stating your most vulnerable attributes for all of time in the Holy Writ of Scripture. <laughs> you are childless and sterile. Wow, but it didn't just stop there. No, Praise no, God. No. The truth of what's being said about you doesn't have to stop there. There's a but in the, in the verse here. But you are going to conceive and have a son. Let's see exactly where this but's going to lead us. You are, you are going to conceive and have a son. Right? Amen. That this is leading us to a place of hope and promise. It's not the fruit of your ability, but because God has declared it. It's not relied upon our own strength to bring about these things. The fact is that God said it, and because He said it, He's actually going to do it and complete it. When you continually cultivate the soil of your heart, you're able to conceive and birth God's will on earth. This is not based on your merit, but on the merit with which you measure God's word and his ability to actually fulfill it. This passage is crazy. Not, not just sterile. Hey, she's sterile. We got it. She's not just childless. We got it. Thanks for the redundancy, but we're there. She's also nameless. This woman's name is never mentioned in the scripture. She's only known as the wife of Manoah. You know, when you take your ego out of the situation, when you take your inability out of the situation, when your only interest is in cultivating and conceiving God's will on earth, there's a reward. Your identity is absorbed into what God has done. The only thing anyone will ever know about you is what God has done through you. Somebody say that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Man, what an incredible thought. Think about how many women in the Bible God used this scenario to cultivate. There's actually seven women listed as barren. Sarah, Rebecca, Rachel, Manoah's wife, Hannah, and Elizabeth. Well, then, of course, there's Michael. It's also there. The only one out of the seven that remained barren, and it was because she refused to cultivate her own heart. Mm. See, apparently part of the continual cultivation of the soil of our hearts is facing the barrenness of that soil. Golly. Uh, You guys are are looking at us, and I I want you to understand that what we're presenting to you is the condition of our hearts. Until you realize that there is, in fact, barrenness, you don't understand the importance of the cultivation process. See, that it must be impregnated with the Word of God. Come on now, church. God actually conceives life through barren women. Come on. God not only raises from the dead, but He produces life from dead things. This is the condition. And the women in the Bible who understood that, accepted it, and allowed the seed of God's Word to impregnate them, actually produced life and were no longer barren because God produced life through them. Man, that's an incredible thought for us tonight. Doesn't it give hope that God conceives through barren women? 
gives hope for us in every way. Perhaps that's why Isaiah and Galatians instruct the barren women to sing. They end up with more children than the women who are full of their own ability. Because God can do more, listen carefully, God can do more with your inability while trusting His Word than those full of ability who fail at continually cultivating their own hearts. Look, that's something that needs to seep into the soil of our hearts. Yeah. God will do more through your inability while trusting Him than you could ever do through your own ability. When you think back to every time you've fallen on your face, it's because you thought you could handle it. Yeah. It is a barren bride that gets to birth the will of God Come on earth. On. That is what he is looking for. Someone that understands they're sterile and childless, but believes the promise of God can be cultivated in them to bring something of worth to the world. Oh, man. We're going to turn to Psalm 91. But before we get there, while you're turning there, in the Bible, the barren give birth. That is, without question, one of the major principles in the Scripture. We're going to have to place our trust in a promise, not in a present performance. Come on. Yeah, no, one person yeah, yeah. said amen to that. The rest of you, you, you evidently didn't understand it. If you look at your present performance, it is not what was promised. Tonight, there was a prophecy that came forward that says, With launderer's soap, he will remove your stains. Yeah, yeah. With a refining fire, he will burn away the things that don't belong You presently sit in a position where your performance doesn't show that. But the promise stands in opposition to your present position. It says you will become something more. It says something will be birthed through you. You will not be barren forever. That's a very important thing. You're going to have to cultivate faith so that you can conceive Christ in you and birth God's will on earth. Are, Are you in Psalm 91 yet? Psalm 91, somewhere in your grandma's house, I'm sure this appeared, unless it was my grandma where there was a still in the backyard and not a Psalm 91. (laughs) It's 91 proof. (laughs) We were from Meridian, Mississippi. What are you going to (laughs) say? Psalm 91, verse 1. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Somebody say shadow. Shadow. Man, maybe that same grandmother didn't teach you this, but I want to tell you something. That Cuban cigars. Oh, no, brother. She smoked those, too. Oh, I'm sure she did. (laughs) Mine chewed them up and spit them out. (laughs) Cuban cigars are actually cultivated in the shade. See, it's no surprise that they're considered the best. Somebody say, the best. The best. In the whole world. Even under embargo in many countries. See, faith cannot be cultivated while basking in your own sunny brilliance. Wow. See, what Pastor said a minute ago about the idea of you're either going to trust in the promise or you're going to trust in your performance. See, we can shake our heads through this, but what we are trying to encourage you with is most of humanity is trying to trust in their own performance. But under the shadow of what God is doing, see, your faith cannot be cultivated while you're still basking in your own brilliance. See, the problem is, is that we do that so much we don't even realize we're doing it. Oh, we're not doing that, Pastor. No, whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest. Somebody say rest. Rest. In the shadow. Say shadow. Shadow. See, you get to rest in the shadow of the Almighty. 
because you are trusting in that moment in His promise and not your performance. Yeah. See, it cannot, your faith cannot be cultivated while basking in your own brilliance. It must be a tender shoot growing in the shadow of the Almighty. Do you guys long to be that tender shoot growing in the shadow of the Almighty? Yes. Cutting off the lights of your own brilliance so that you can bask in His shadow? See, we're looking to be cultivated Christians. Because the cultivated Christian is not just planted in the shadow of the Almighty. He is resting in the promise. Which then leads to he's restoring the promise. And even resurrected in the promise. While in the shadow of the Almighty. Come on, man. The Word of God is a promise. It's like a seed planted in the soil. The spiritual seed must be sheltered in the dwellings of God so that it's not aborted during times of unbelief. The very community that God put around you is a shelter to help you cultivate the seed of the Word of God in your heart so that when your performance doesn't match the promise, your brothers are there saying, no, 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 brother, God's promise still stands. Fight for it. Cultivate it. It will come to life inside of you. Your time in the spiritual shade, the dwelling in the ability of the Almighty, it allows Him to cause conception in the cultivated soil of your heart. It will literally give birth to the will of God on earth. You know, when people have trouble conceiving, sometimes they seek medical advice. I have a dear friend who is a doctor, and some think he's a conception specialist. We can all read his work. It's written in the Gospel of Luke in the first chapter. Turn with us to Luke chapter 1 and verse 35. Say conception when you get there. Luke chapter 1 and verse 35. It says this. The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Say overshadow. Overshadow. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. How many passages did we hear on Sunday that showed us the importance of cultivating the soil of our hearts so that the Word of God could be planted in it? See, but the other requirement was that the Spirit had to be poured out on the Word that resided in the soil of our heart. See, the soil was formed by God. But God had to breathe on it. His Spirit had to be enacted in it before life was fully conceived. Mary not only cultivated the soil of her heart to receive God's word, she positioned herself in the shadow of the Almighty so that conception could occur. Say conception. Conception. She literally became pregnant with the word of God and the spirit conceived life in a 2,000 year old promise. Wow. Wow. You know, I had never thought we'd be in church and I'd hear Matthew say, position yourself for conception. It's a unique day. (laughs) The thing is, though, when you've been cultivating the soil of your heart, that's exactly what you're doing. You are positioning yourself so that God can birth something in you and through you. The word is being planted in you. We don't stop at cultivation. Our cultivation is continuous until we see something actually conceived. Mary wasn't just in the shadow of the Almighty. She wasn't just in the shadow. The word says she was overshadowed by the Almighty. 
The role of the Word and the Spirit, they have to take total precedence in your life. Look, say it with me. Over. 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 The Spirit must overshadow every other thing that is in your life. If the Spirit doesn't take precedence, the Spirit and the Word, then you're giving birth to weeds everywhere and they choke out what God wanted to put in you. But the truth is, when He overshadows every other thing, He begins to birth world-changing things through you. Cultivation unto conception requires you to position yourself as barren. If you don't come to the place where you recognize you can't do it, that if you don't come to the place where you recognize every attempt to do it has failed, then how can He ever overshadow you? You're shining too brightly to be suffering in His shadow. He overshadows you so that when He brings about His will on the earth... You recognized it was the product of His Word and His Spirit, not your will or your determination. See, as your pastor, it's, it's our job. It's my job to challenge your position. Are you positioning your life right now so that the Word can be overshadowed by the Spirit in you? That's the question for us tonight. Are you positioning yourself to be overshadowed by His Spirit? That has and must be how we align our lives tonight. See, there's a cultivation process that we have to go through as we're overshadowed by His Spirit. As one of your cult leaders, by that I mean one of your cultivation leaders. Amen. Yes, that's right. Amen. Amen. I want to ask you a serious question. Will, the, will your soil be able to sustain the spiritual seed of God's Word when it's planted in you? What I mean is, have you gone through the process of eliminating the rocks in the soil of your heart? Exterminating, executing the weeds that grow up to try and choke out that spiritual seed. You know, I'm still motivated by some things I heard Pastor say a minute ago, so I want to ask it a different way. Are you positioning yourself in a way that you're just fooling around with God? Mm. Or are you procreating His will on earth? See, you're going to have to cultivate your soil in a way that receives every new word that proceeds from His mouth. Not just some old word that's gestating every new thing that He wants to do. Some would say you have to toil in the soil of your heart so that his word has no jealous rivals. See, is his word the only thing growing in the soil of your heart? Did you get a new one this week? Is your field continuing to receive God's word and you're cultivating it? And this row is gestating, but this row is giving birth. And this row is being replanted. And this row is being pruned. Or are you relying on something that happened 40 years ago? See, if, you're, if you position yourself in the promise correctly, if you have cultivated the seed and the soil correctly, then His Spirit will overshadow every other thing in you. And you will. Come on, somebody say, you will. You will. You will conceive God's manifest presence and will on the earth. 
That's within your ability. It's what you're here for. It is why he redeemed you is to birth something through you that the whole world gets to benefit from. See, in the word, in the Bible, multiple births were a blessing. So cultivation was expected to be continuous. Somebody say continuous. Continuous. No one in here should be looking for a one-time event, but a continuous cultivation and conception. That's how you know you're an actual part of the family of God. Let's turn to Luke chapter 2 and let's look at verse 16 to see how this continues throughout the word. Luke 2.16 says this, So they hurried and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherd said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. Oh, saints, we got to see this rightly. This was not the product of one holy night. What I mean is a holy one night stand. This was the product of years of cultivation that preceded this conception and continued on to conceive more things. That is why it says Mary treasured up all these things. Listen to how important that is. What year is it? What year is it? Right now, what year is it? I couldn't hear you. What year is it? You know, it's hard to make the transition from 2019 to 2020, isn't it? We need to put this into perspective. We're in the year 2019 of our Lord. That's Anno Domini. What, what was conceived in Mary was so profound that we are still numbering our years from the event. Whatever Buddhist are right here behind us, or Hindus that are two blocks over worshiping in their temple, even an atheist has to attest to the beauty of continuous cultivation in Mary's heart. Because every time they acknowledge the date that we're in, it is numbered from what was birthed out of the cultivation of her soil. Hey, what things are you treasuring in your heart? What are you cultivating in your soil? What is the glory of the Lord overshadowing in you that will give birth to a life-changing conception on earth? See, Everybody is here right now celebrating a special child that was born. You're all supposed to be sons of God that were born of the very same process. See, the heavens are continuously seeking the cultivated soil of men's hearts. There's no lack of God speaking, but there's oftentimes a lack of cultivation to conception. See, consider the passage that is often quoted by every nativity scene. I mean, even Charlie Brown gets this right. I don't mean our elder Charlie Brown. He gets it right, too. Of of course he gets it right. I mean the actual Christmas classic cartoon Charlie Brown gets this right, where they quote from Luke 2, verses 13 and 14. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. Do you see that the heavenly hosts are not only praising God, but they are speaking? Not only speaking, but prophesying. Not only prophesying, but seeding the cultivated soil. You see, Hallmark cards may herald the heresy that this conception brings 
shalom to every man on earth. But that's clearly not what they said in this passage. That's just some carnal Christmas wish that belongs in a Will Ferrell movie. Look, who is it that the heavens are proclaiming shalom to? When you read the par- passage carefully, you got to ask yourself what brings the highest glory to God. It's not the cessation of hostilities and the increase of materialism to the masses during the month of December. It is shalom or right order or harmony or right action for a very specific group of people on those whom his favor rests. His favor is on those that have recognized the barrenness of their souls. They have cultivated their soil. They've received the word. And now the spirit is beginning to breathe on them so that they can give birth to world changing events. Those are the kinds of men that the heavens are prophesying to. Those are the kind of men that are favored by God. See, this should change the way that you view the song joy to the world. It should change your view of it forever. It was joy to those who were in the world, but not of the world. See, it will result in more than just a silent night for you. It will result in solemn judgment for those on whom his favor does not rest. Conception is the happiest moment in the world for those who wanted to give birth. But it's a moment of shame and contempt for the carnal that never cultivated heaven's desires in their own hearts. Those who have never been overshadowed by his spirit. Wow. Let me read Luke chapter 2, verse 34 to you. Then Simon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling. Everybody say falling. 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 And rising. Everybody say rising. Rising. The falling and rising of many in Israel. And to be a sign that will be spoken against. So that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. And a sword will pierce your own soul too. Whew, that's continued cultivation. Yeah. Yeah. Look, Simeon's prophecy is not often prominently featured in a Carrie Underwood Christmas special. You know, that's why it's Hollywood and not Hollywood, right? <laughs> Mary cultivated the soil of her heart. You can see it in this passage. The spirit of God's holiness overshadowed her barrenness. And what was birthed through her, it has a destiny. Many would fall. Say fall. Fall. Many would fall because they could not or would not imitate the same heavenly process that Mary went through. But others, say others. Others. They would rise. They would revive. They would reproduce the kind of cultivation to conception that Mary displayed. We have managed to make the month of December all about an immaculate conception. But this is a ridiculous idea since that process is supposed to be repeated in every one of you every time God's word is deposited in you and it bursts something into the reality around us. It's not a one-time event. It's a continual cultivation unto conception. The whole event is more than a special son being born. That is beautiful. But nobody has a problem with that idea. It's about the word of God and what it is destined for when it is brought into physical conception in the life of every believer. See, him coming into the world causes the falling and rising of many. And every time you bring his word into the world in a real and tangible way, it causes the same thing. Can you remember that this passage? Just look at it there on the screen. In verse 34, Simeon blessed them. Somebody say, bless them. Bless them. 
Wow, what kind of blessing is this? The blessing is, is that he's saying that it's going to call the falling and rising of many, that it will be often spoken against. That is a blessing to understand that unless you have a cultivated soil, that you're going to be on the wrong end of this verse. You're going to be on the wrong end of this process. The very same sign that will be spoken against, that will cause the falling of many, many how does it do that? It exposes and shows the failure to cultivate the soil of many hearts. How is it that our, at our Christmas time, so many people can be not offended by what we're preaching here? Do you know that you can go to a, a Muslim country, completely Muslim country, 98% Muslim, and they will be playing Christmas songs in the mall? Yeah. Yep. Bet you didn't know that, did you? See, this has become so foreign to our... We, it's become so familiar to us that we're missing the truth that we're actually saying that we're celebrating. This idea that it shows the cultivation, the failure to cultivate so many hearts, the thoughts of many hearts are revealed through this kind of conception. Church, do you want God's favor to rest upon you? Yes. Do you want to be of those that are rising and not falling? Yes. See, there's only one way to do that. To have the soil of your heart so cultivated that conception occurs and produces the type of blessing that Simeon was intending here. In light of that word being spoken to Mary by Simeon, that blessing of a word, how many hard words, hard things, did Mary have to work into the soil of her heart over the course of her life? For pregnant at the age of 16, mm. a difficult destiny for her children, rebuked at weddings. How many of you guys experienced that yet? <laughs> Excluded from the family, as mentioned in Mark chapter 3. But she showed that God's favor was on her by continuing to cultivate and therefore continuing to conceive the will of God on earth as every believer must. Look, Simeon didn't say that this conception was a sign that was spoken against. That's the wrong way to read that. He said it would be spoken against. Cultivation under conception has been spoken against in every generation that there's ever been. Nobody has a problem with you hearing the word. Nobody has a problem with you believing the word. Everybody has a problem when that word is put into action and it begins to bring change on the earth because that causes them to view themselves as either fallen or rising based on it. Nobody in the world likes that. But they have no problem celebrating the month Caesar Augustus was born in. I want to show you this in the generations always. Revelation 6. Let's get there. Revelation 6 and beginning in verse 9. Say conception when you get there. I don't want you to have a misconception. I want you to have a proper conception. Verse 9. When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain because of the word of God. If it's joy to the world when the word becomes flesh, then why are people being slain because of the word? And the testimony they had maintained. Get this. Those that were slain had maintained. That was why they were slain. They could not be backed off. They could not be shut up. They didn't back up. They maintained what God birthed in them. And because of that, those who were falling wanted to kill them and succeeded. 
They were slain because they maintained. What is all of the pressure of this world trying to get you to do? Back up? Shut up? Let up? Soften up? They called out in a loud voice. How long, sovereign Lord, holy and true, until you judge the inhabitants of the earth and avenge our blood? Then each of them was given a white robe. That is what is in store for those that maintain, those that slay weeds, those that uproot rocks from their soil, those that allow God's word and spirit to cultivate unto conception in their life. You have a white robe coming. And still, those who were slain, who maintained, who were in a white robe, still were told to wait a little longer. Tell me that we don't have a gestation period. Tell me that there's not a time of proving faithful. Tell me that it's easy. See, those are the lies that you tell to sell tickets to events that immature rap stars can stand up at and pretend to preach. See, then each of them was given a white robe and they were told to wait a little longer until the number of their fellow servants and brothers who were to be killed as they had been was completed. There is a time coming when what has been gestating in you will be given birth to. But we have to make it until then. You have to protect the promise until then. You have to persist in the promise. And there's not just one. Every corner of your field should be seeded with the promises of God. Maybe a corner has been barren and you're pointing to the area that's been fruitful. But every corner of your field should be given to the Lord and producing for Him. Do you hear what we're trying to get across to you tonight? This cultivation unto conception is not a one-time event. It's not a one-area-in-your-life event. It must be maintained by every single person in every generation, no matter how long it takes, until the entirety of God's plan has been completed, one conception at a time. There's a parable that speaks of the entirety of God's plan. Let's turn to one of my favorite books, and that is in Matthew. Chapter 13, verse 44. There you go. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy, went and sold half of what he had. And with joy, went and sold half. All he had and bought the field. Look, I want to give you a new way to think about this parable. You could be considered the field. Your life is this field. That means that the hard paths, the rocky soil, the weeds, the thorn, everything that is in your life. But in the noble area where you cultivated the kingdom and it was birthed, that is something that's treasured. He bought the whole thing. See, the price was extremely high. The owner bet everything on this field. He sold all he had and he got the whole field. No matter what the condition of cultivation was in that time. See, he had great joy over the one area that contained treasured obedience. But is that all that he would ever expect of this field that he had just spent so much on? No. Perhaps if there was one treasure in the field, maybe he expected to find some more within that field. Maybe even... He would think to himself, I was given this one treasure in this field, 
And I'll cultivate this entire field in order for it to be my treasured possession. We know that the Lord reaps where he hasn't sown. And he expects an increase of what what we've been given. Don't you think he expects us to cultivate the field and to birth the treasured conceptions? Yeah, for sure. Cultivation is not a one-time event. Neither is conception. I mean, unless you're Catholic and we're talking about Mary. To bring the reality of the kingdom of God on earth, we have to continually work the barren soil of our hearts. You have to seed it with the word of God. You have to work the word of God into the soil. Furthermore, we must ask God's spirit of holiness to overshadow and breathe upon the word that is in our soil until it becomes a reality in our actions. There's a gestation period there. You believe something is true a long time before you're able to actually do it. And you'll never be able to do it until heaven causes it to be done in you. Tonight, most of the world's going to celebrate Christmas Eve. Because the word of God physically manifested in a tangible way. But all of heaven would be rejoicing with us right now if that very same group of people were cultivating the soil of their hearts to birth the word of God in their own lives in tangible ways. As we turn to our final scripture of the evening, let's turn to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, and we're going to start in verse 19. Say conception when you get there. Romans 8 and verse 19 says this, The creation waits in eager expectation for the sons of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay. Wow. And brought into the glorious freedom of the children of God. See, when this passage is talking about the creation, it's talking about all of heaven and all of earth, eagerly expecting and awaiting, not just for the Son of God, but for the sons of God to be revealed. See, we have a part in this story. We have a part. It's one thing to look at Mary a long time ago and celebrate that. The entire world says that they do that. But what about you and I today? This is expecting. The creation is longing. It's eagerly expecting the sons of God to be revealed. See, for your sonship to be fully manifest, you must cultivate the Word of God into conception in your life. And conception is cultivated by your placement or your positioning in the power of God. His Spirit must bring life to the Word's promise that's inside of you. When we're talking about this concept, it's really as simple as we can join in and all celebrate that one woman cultivated the soil of her heart, became pregnant with the promise of God, and birthed Jesus Christ. And I'm all for that celebration. Of course, it it would be a bigger celebration if that very same example was occurring in each one of us. And we were being brought out of a bondage to decay. And we weren't just celebrating one son of God. We were celebrating the earth seeing all the sons of God working through that process. To be honest, this is the wrong date. These are the wrong circumstances. 
And these are certainly the wrong practices surrounding the birth of Jesus. But if tonight you are liberated from a bondage to decay, if something is conceived inside of you, and tonight becomes the time period that you are walking in a new freedom in a new area of your life, if something is birthed in you tonight, then we'll mark it on the calendars and celebrate it every day. You can... You can drag a tree in here if you want to, or little, little twinkling lights. I could care less as long as sons of God are being revealed. Stand up on your feet, sons of God. We have been talking about continuous cultivation. Now we have to talk about what comes from that. What is supposed to come from that is a new birthing process in every area of your life. Don't settle for one fruitful row. Don't settle for one fruitful function. You are supposed to reflect the Son of God. In fact, more than that, you are supposed to be a Son of God. All of the creation, heavens and earth, are waiting for the sons of God to be revealed. You can see people have no problem celebrating a Son of God. But the world will come unglued at the very seams when the sons of God are revealed. Whatever the Spirit requires of you. Whatever is your joy to bring to Him and say, this area, this is hard path, but I know that your word's breaking it apart. Come and breathe upon it, Lord. It's His joy to do it. Where you have an area that your, your soil is shallow and your circumstances have proven it. I'm speaking elders down to children. There's no one in here that shouldn't be thinking about that. If you can only sustain a certain attitude for a certain period of time, then you need the Lord to breathe upon that. If you're producing beautiful fruit in a corner of your field, what are we going to do with the rest of it? Tonight, we want to be able to celebrate the sons of God conceiving new things in their life. We want to do it with you. When I see what God's doing in your field, and you see what God's doing in my field, it ought to spur one another on. Don't dare cross your arms and sit back on what you've accomplished, because there's so much more to accomplish. Y'all lift up your hands. Act like your whole body is smiling towards God. Father, we're asking right now that your spirit would be poured out upon all who are in this room. Lord, we're saying, come and breathe upon us right now. Lord, as we turn over the soil of our heart, we're asking for your spirit to bring to life what lies dormant inside. Help us tonight. We want to honor the Son of God by being a Son of God.